Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, as I mentioned, uh, the four teacher unions in Ontario have filed a labor complaint against the Ontario government over COVID-19 and their returning plans uh, to reopen schools. To talk more about all of this, Ian Lee is with us, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University. He is with us now. Before we get to Ian, let's play a real quick uh, clip here of uh, Liberal Leader Del Duca on uh, what has, uh, sorry, what has been happening in regard to to, uh, the teachers' unions and the government of the day. Well, I will say I think it's really sad that it's come to this. You know, obviously in our society, uh, labor unions have a responsibility to their members uh, to do that what they think is in their members' best interests. And you know, but I but I think the bigger concern I have is that again that it's come to this after weeks and weeks and weeks, months in fact, of time that was available to the government and all stakeholders in education to find a way to get a plan that made sense for everybody. We we haven't done that. Doug Ford hasn't done that. Sorry, that is Ontario Liber, uh, Liberal Leader Stephen Del Duca. Uh, Stephen Del Duca, your new, your new Ontario uh, Liberal Leader. Uh, you know, I, I, I really think, uh, and we'll bring Ian Lee to talk, uh, in to talk about this, but, you know, I've heard many people, and, and I just heard the Ontario Liberal Leader say it there, you know, we've had weeks and months to get all this in place, uh, which I think is just the biggest load of crap you have ever heard, uh, simply because... It's just been a few weeks that we have been into stage three. You know, we've had months and months to do this. It was, what, four and a half, five months ago? Less than five months ago, the governments were telling us all to stay home and, and, and shutting the global economy down and trying to save lives and procure uh, PPE, professor, uh, 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 protective equipment personal protective equipment. That's what was happening during the last few months, the last few weeks. It's just been the last couple of weeks that we're out of and into stage three. So, you know, I think governments, whether it's municipal, federal, or provincial, I think their priorities weeks and and, certainly months ago was getting us through this pandemic alive and trying to figure out what the heck it was. I don't think back in April or March when we were all trying to get a teacher to, to operate a Zoom call, I don't think the priority then was, what are we going to do in September about back to class? That was not a priority back then. A priority was trying to get our kids learning online and trying to keep the old people from dying and trying to figure out what this was. I don't think the government of the day's uh, priority a few months ago, was what's school going to look like in September? I think there were much bigger fish to fry at that point. Uh, Just saying. Uh, We'll bring in in, Ian Lee, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University. Ian, thank you for the time. Your thoughts on this ongoing unrest between the teachers' unions and government? Um, Of course, I'm an educator, too, although I'm teaching university. I'm not in in the teaching in the school system primary or secondary. And full disclosure, I'm um, my university, it wasn't my decision, but my university and many others in Canada made the decision to go completely online. So I don't have a choice. I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done if I had a choice. I probably would have gone to a hybrid model, part in the class, part of uh, virtual. But be that as it may, I, I just want to put that out there because what I'm going to say may seem uh, contradictory. Um, the, um, I mean, I am sympathetic 
to the teachers unions in the sense mm-hmm. that they, you know, obviously they're worried about their health. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not so sure that the issues they're arguing over um, are addressing that concern, so maybe it, that's not the issue that's being debated. Um, I mean by that that the uh, the the government has, and, and I'm sympathetic to the government too, by the way, uh, but for completely different reasons. They're representing all of us, and there's millions of parents out there. My uh, my two granddaughters are uh, their parents face this very issue. Uh, how can we go back to work, um, which we're required to do, if our we have to keep our kids home because you know they can't go to school? So I, 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 I'm willing to acknowledge that the government is probably being partly motivated by the fact that they don't want to declare that the schools are closed again for another year because it would play havoc with the economy because people it's very difficult to go back to work if you've got to stay home and look after your kids. Um, and I don't know if the government's saying that, but I think that, that it, that's a reality. So, you know, there's there's the two sides. You know, the the unions want to, rep- uh, you know, uh, support the health of the teachers, and the government has to worry about the fact that there's millions of parents out there who have to support their families, and they have to go back to work. And if they're not in school, if the kids are not in school, well, then what are you supposed to do? Um, but in terms of the, Scott, in terms of the specific issue, um, you know, the, at least as I understand it, reading in on it, looking in on it, uh, the uh, at least the Toronto School Board, which is the largest in Ontario by far, uh, wanted to go to uh, more virtual classes and less in-line classes and reduce the amount of time spent in teaching to provide more prep time. And the government is saying they don't want that. They don't accept that. And uh, so, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of leaning, I guess, towards the um, the government side. You know, they're saying, look, yes, it may eat up. You may have to do more prep time on your own. And uh, I'm sympathetic to that. I've I've spent basically the whole summer getting my courses online because it takes a lot more work to put them online than it does to go into the classroom. Mm-hmm. That's that's something I've learned in the last four months. Believe me, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I have to teach them. I'm teaching them online, but there's a lot more work because you got to create everything in advance and you got to post it into the to the website that you're using for teaching and it, so there's a lot more preparation you can't wing it um, and so well it, it seems it seems though Ian, that that you know uh, what I what we're hearing is this is a workplace safety issue they want 15 kids per class they want better ventilation they want every single kid wearing a face mask right um uh, uh, again is is that is that going to uh, be possible in the current situation? Um, I'm, I, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the point I really wanted to talk about. I think there's room for compromise on both sides. Um, and the big one is face masks. Face masks don't cost billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars for all the schools across uh, the province. Uh, the government, of course, claims it's already uh, provided additional money uh, for enhanced ventilation. And remember, every school does have ventilation systems. Um, I don't know of any building anywhere in Canada that doesn't have a ventilation system. Uh, they may not be quite as modern and at update as the most recent, but I think they all do. Uh, but where I do think there's room for compromise, and I'm surprised that the government hasn't, so I'm now trying to be, you know, on the other side, if you will, uh, to be sympathetic to the teachers. I'm surprised the government hasn't said, yes, everyone has to wear masks in the classroom. If they're, they're making us wear masks everywhere else, 
I think that's because they're leaving that up to the parents and the boards of the younger kids because medical advice has said that it's just more difficult to do. So, again, more a lot of the boards, I know the board here has already done that, and then I guess yeah. they'll have to deal with those scenarios uh, individually. But, again, that's, you know, is that sort of blanket instruction possible? That's why they've done it the way they have, leaving yeah. it up to the boards. But, you know, Scott, just, you know, we're having a good debate here. Um, if they can unilaterally um, uh, overrule everyone and say you've got to wear a mask to go everywhere else, um, I, I don't think that they lack the authority to impose that on the school boards and say, regardless of what you decide, we've decided in the name of, quote, public safety, that every teacher and every te- student must wear a mask. Is it going to make it more difficult? You bet. I, I just had my two grandchildren last night, six years old. And and the parents are paranoid about this, and so I had to go up and get them a pizza. So I had to make them wear masks, and making a six-year-old wear masks for yeah. ten or twenty that's minutes. That's the point, and and I and I think that's easy. why it is what it is. Yeah, it's difficult. But so at the same uh, time, you know, if if you know, there's there's things we can't do in the short run. So I'm sympathetic to the government on that point. We're not going to rebuild thousands and thousands of schools the cost is prohibitive and we don't have the time to do it so i mean i i you know i i don't accept that you know and and they are going partial virtual uh, and they are going partially in class and and if they went to masks and of course the the rate of infection has declined precipitously in canada we seem to have done a, a very very good job well, we have done a very, very good job compared to the states. It's even in decline, although the headlines aren't telling us that. I watched the data coming out of the the um, John Hopkins School of Medicine, and the, the actual ag- absolute number of infections and deaths are declining in the states, notwithstanding Trump. So it seems we're on the downside of the curve. Uh, and, and if they did something like a mandatory mass, the... It seems to me that that's going to be the compromise position out because they can't, they just can't shut down the school system. We're talking 2 million students. There's Um, a lot of parents out there. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Our classrooms, uh, we, we've heard the unions in their ads and whatever uh, say that they just want the same protection that everybody else has in, in their workplace. Are, are classrooms less safe than, say, grocery stores? I have to respectfully with the unions disagree. Um, I'm in the classroom, too. <laughs> uh, not this fall, but I've been in the classroom for 32 years and because I'm getting older and I catch colds more frequently now, um, I, I was doing social distancing before the word existed. You mm. know, in the winter months, I was staying away from everybody, from my students, you know. Uh, I was doing it deliberately just because of self-interest. I didn't want to get sick. And um, I wasn't wearing a mask in the classroom. But I'll tell you, I was keeping my physical distance from students, and I was refusing to meet them physically face-to-face. I was saying, look, let's do Skype meetings. This is before Zoom became famous. And I was meeting students by Skype as starting about three years ago. And I was doing phone meetings because I didn't want to come face-to-face in the winter months where I was catching all these terrible flus and colds. So, you know, compared to somebody, I mean, the frontline workers are at higher risk than being in a classroom, in my view. I'm talking frontline workers in hospitals. I'm talking frontline workers in retail, in high-volume retail, like grocery stores, and, um, and they're continuing to function. And of course, they're all wearing masks, and they're continuing to sell groceries from you know, 6 or 7 in the morning till 7, 8, 9 at night. And, um, 
And I, I, I've, I, you and I have talked about this before, Scott. I, I think education is an essential service. I think it's is more important in a sense. It's more important than police because we're educating the next generation. What could be more important than that? And, so what, and so what what will happen with the trip to court here, Ian? What what will this resolve? Will this I, make I the kids the safer? I think the is going to win. Um, and I think the courts, although they're very quick to intervene and overturn government decisions, we've seen it many, many times, uh, right to die, you know, uh, medically assisted death, uh, things like that, uh, human rights decisions on, on human rights, but uh, where rights have been violated, I mean. But on this one, on the public health, uh, uh, public health and safety, uh, my sense is from the limited number of readings, I'm not a lawyer, but the limited number of readings I have um, uh, done over the years on this subject, the courts are very, very loath to intervene and overrule the government um, uh, unless there's some really something really egregious going on, and the government's already uh, shown taking a lot of steps. So my sense is that they're not going to win on this because it would be, I mean, it would set an enormous precedent, not just for teachers yeah. and schools. For the Especially during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Ian Lee has been with us, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University. Ian, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. My pleasure, Scott. Thanks. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.